0: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Nickel and Dime podcast on the Anchor app on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. We're affiliated with Revolution 91.7. They allow us to record in studio. We are very appreciative of that week in and week out. This week, we've got special guest Mark Webster here with us. He's going to join us first things first to talk about WKU football, some WKU basketball thrown in there as well. It's tough to talk about WKU football for that long without wanting to switch it up but we do have dj webby web here with us in studio of course harrison's here casey's here Natalie's here for Natural Selection. You're going to find out why she's really feeling herself right now. She had a huge pick payoff last week. We've also got Coach O here. We've got some big big news about Coach O. We have actually signed him. You're going to find out why he's going to be with us for the rest of the season. And since it's the spooky season, this is the week of Halloween. We've got a new intro song for this week only to set up next week's 10th edition. We're going to have a brand new intro song. Jimmy's been great for us, but we're going to make our very own here for the Nickel and Dime podcast but but this week we're getting into the Halloween spirit and then we're going to talk about some WKU football in the nickel and dime podcast
1: There's something strange in the neighborhood Who you gonna call
0: in the nickel and dime podcast There's something and the nickel and dime podcast in case you're wondering yes i did make the introduction myself happy halloween to everybody yesterday hope you were all safe and had fun trick-or-treating dressing up but this might be the most excited i've been to talk about western football and it's not at all because of the team itself but it's because i've got mark webster here with me dj webby webb what's going on in the man? house mark he created this entity called talk it up sports it's on facebook on instagram one of the coolest things i've seen has some great video, great audio to go with it. Mark, you are one with the people. You yeah. are definitely out there mingling with the people. So when we get into WKU football, of course, another disappointing loss for the Hilltoppers. This one more so to be expected against a really tough FIU team. Like I said, you're in there with the people. So right now, what is the consensus from the fans at this point just looking at this team.
1: Yeah, Sweet T, really the fans, they look forward to each game. I'm not going to lie. And like the atmosphere, like during the tailgates, it's its amazing. It's to die for. But they're kind of thinking realistically, okay, once kickoff t- tips off, uh, kicks off, it's going to be like the same results because right. they feel like, okay, the players aren't really giving us what we're looking for.
0: Right, you know? and that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, not just as a fan, but... You know, if I'm the coach of that team, if I'm Coach Sanford and I know that, you know, I know I'm on the hot seat, I hear all the noise and I sit there, I sit through the press conferences and, you know, I hear all the questions and I'm sitting there and I'm defending these guys Mm -hmm. night after night, loss after loss. I'm sitting there and I'm taking all the blame. If you're Coach Sanford, I mean, how does it feel for you to have the players at this point seemingly not really care too much, or at least that's how it looks?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, of course, Coach Sanford, he he's the head coach, but he doesn't put the pads on and play right. the game. I so, mean, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, it's almost, come, it's coming down to more of like a teamwork and possibly senior leadership as well, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of hearing like a bug around, you know, just possibly a little issues going on, but I feel like that. You know, with the addition of, you know, maybe looking forward to next year, we can probably, right. you know, have a better result. But right Hopefully, now, yeah. Uh,
0: you can't do wor- much worse than you are right now.
1: Yeah, but we're looking at the schedule. I mean, we got. what M- The rest M-T- of this season is tough. Yeah. Okay. The
0: only game they've really got a good shot of winning will be senior night when Western hosts UTEP. That's the only home game that Western has left. Mm-hmm. The other three, not only are they on the road. They're against really good teams. Middle Tennessee State. That game seems to always be, for some reason, just up in the air. It's always close between Western and MTSU. So, you know, after we say this, Western could go out and beat them by 21. Who knows? But then the next week, Western goes to Florida Atlantic, one of the preseason favorites in Conference USA. They've had a bit of a disappointing year, but that's going to be tough. And then Western closes out the season at Louisiana Tech. I think this season, you can put it in the books. It's not going to be a great year, obviously. Bowl eligibility already out the window. One and seven right now this year. So we look at the schedule, obviously, it's going to be tough for WKU just to maybe pick up one or two more wins. And obviously, the hot topic coming off of this season is will Coach Sanford be back? So where do you stand on that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go back to a little bit about the rest of the the remaining schedule. If we look at this MTSU game, it's it's one of those games where, you know, WKU, they always find themselves to, you know, they play MTSU kind of close. Yeah. different things like from the blood drive leading up to that game there's a lot of like that rival is such it's different because Mm -hmm. a team could win like they can have a record of like you know like I said one and seven and they can be complete underdogs and they can it's it's different when it comes to rival games and I feel like that's a game we should really keep an eye out for just because of the history. Behind I mean, the and side.
0: it's on a Friday night, yeah. funky things can yeah. happen with those Friday night games. It's kind of like if I know you're a big Steelers fan. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like when Cleveland plays Pittsburgh. Even mm-hmm. if Cleveland is having a terrible year, they always seem to be right there with the Steelers. So, I like I I think it's a game to watch out for. Ultimately, at this point, I don't I don't think yeah. I can pick Western oh, no, I, to I, win I, a game until they actually show me they can win. Yeah, but, and that that seems to be an issue with the team. They just don't know how to win.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate as well because, you know, us as students and as fans of the game, right. we want to see Western, you know, succeed, but it's just like this year we've we've kind of had some difficulties, you know, seeing that.
0: Right, and yeah. I'm going to bring you back to it. Okay. I know we want to talk about more of the MTSU game, but what is your opinion on Coach Mike Sanford? Do you think he yeah. should go after this year? you think he should go right now? Where do you lie I think on that? It's,
1: I think it's one of those things where we've seen the results of last year's, although they had, you know, the game, but. I think they they might need to keep you know and go on and get not get get rid of them honestly. Let's keep it like period point blank. They might need to do the buyout. Honestly. You
0: think they should do it right now or yeah, wait until right. the end of the season?
1: I mean, if you do it at the end of the season, yeah, you you gave them a complete you know a couple of games. Like I mean, there's like well, how many games do we have left? Four, four games. So if he if he let's say if he wins out, it's like okay, you still like. I mean, I don't know in. if he
0: wins out with that schedule. I think you might have to keep him. With with that's obviously, I'm not saying they're gonna win out. Mm-hmm. The chances are very slim. Yeah. But if somehow they did win out and they beat MTSU, Florida Atlantic, and Louisiana Tech on the road, yeah. that's pretty hard to argue with. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know I, how it would happen.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, but I honestly think that you know, from Rahm leaving and then you know from Sanford being the head coach, it should only be upward. Like it should not right. be no. Stagman movement's going down, so that should be like a red flag. Definitely when you're seeing, like, the record we have now, it's like, okay, this is unacceptable. And I feel like with a possible firing now, it would allow, you know, the players to realize, okay, this is, this, they mean business. Right, they and do I, need a wake-up call. Yeah, it, it has to be some type of, some something has to change, like, it really has to change yeah. because...
0: I, I agree yeah. with you there. So you're, if you were Todd Stewart, you would go ahead right now, this very moment. Yeah, and right now. Say this. And yeah. I, I understand that because I really think in terms of just trying to wake these players up and get, the, like you said, get the message across to them that something has to change. Yeah. I don't know if it has to be that drastic, but mm-hmm. it could reach a point where that's what—that's exactly what it takes. Yeah. And you mentioned Braum. Yeah. And you mentioned Sanford coming in and things needing just to continue in the traje- trajectory that they were. And I agree with that to Mm -hmm. a point, but I'll say this and you'll hear, you'll hear more from me about this topic, red zone radio this coming Sunday. I will be there seven to eight on revolution. 91 seven. I have been invited as a guest. I'm very excited. I'm not sure what they were thinking, giving me that invitation, but I'm going to come in there and I'm going to make sure they get their (laughs) money's worth on that. But I'll say this about it. And this extends back to Brom. I really think when you look at coach Brom, obviously got some good ties with Louisville. Mm-hmm. And we know that was the job that he wanted all along. Yeah, When you look at him going to Purdue when he did, I think he knew that he had to leave at that point. Yeah. Because if Braum comes back to Western and wins maybe eight or nine games, I think he would be at Louisville right now. Yeah. And I think he knew. I'm not I'm not saying that I know for a fact that he knew. I think he knew a little more than he gave away. I think not only did Braum know what he was getting himself out of, but obviously, Sanford had to know what he was getting himself into, and it could be one of those situations where maybe Todd Stewart knows that this needs to be a rebuild, and he's already got it in his head that he's going to give Sanford time.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know. Time, like we say, time is money, though. That's yeah. true. So, it's really well, either way, he's yeah. getting
0: his money. Yeah, regardless, regardless.
1: he's going to get the money. So, I think honestly, uh, Sweetie, you know, having the relationship between you know, the coaches and the players is really. Really, like, beneficial because over at Brom, I've been told, like, I have a friend, you know, Matt McCann, he starts mm-hmm. right guard for the, uh, Purdue University, and he told me, Browns, a, uh, a, Coach Brown's a great guy, like, right. practice, intense, you know, you can go talk to him for any, about anything, and I feel like that's one of those, like, very crucial, important things to have right. as a coach.
0: I mean, that might be what Sanford's lacking, because one thing with Braum that really was the only knock on him at all was that he really wasn't a great recruiter in mm-hmm. terms of bringing in those high-star guys, and that's really what's been in Sanford's favor, is that he's been noted to be a really good recruiter, so maybe it's one of those things where Brom might not be the best recruiter, but he gets the best out of his guys, yeah and maybe Sanford, I'm not saying this is how it is, but he could be a guy that's bringing in these really good recruits, but he just can't connect with them yet. and I mean, he is a young coach, so mm-hmm. obviously that's one thing that'll come with time, and you know, one team that does not have a young coach, a coach that's been around the block, the WKU basketball team. And I know mm-hmm. we're both super yeah. excited to see them back in action. Exhibition on Tuesday night, regular season right around the corner. Next Tuesday, Whew. the Hilltoppers go to Washington. And we talked about this before we started recording. That matchup is a lot its a lot tougher than people, I think, realize.
1: Oh, yeah, most definitely. we preseason ranked 25, yeah. Washington. We are in for a treat. And that game is going to be on ESPN if I'm I'll not mistaken. I'll tell you what, that's yeah. some
0: exposure right there. Yeah,
1: exposure. So that's really like, that's going to be my opinion. Okay, if Western's going to be ready for the challenge this year, that's a statement game.
0: I mean, and if people don't know who Charles Bassey is before oh. then, I think he's going to have a coming out party in that yeah. game. But not only him. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to be key for WKU is the fact that they have Bassey, that five-star guy that people are going to be watching. Yeah. I think that's going to be in the back of everybody else's heads. You've mm-hmm. got a guy like Tavion Hollingsworth yep. who just broke out in the NIT last year. He's got that in the back of his mind. You came to watch Charles Bassey. Yep. I'm going to make sure right there you got one eye on me as well, and I think that could really fuel this team forward.
1: Yeah, Tavion is an excellent player, and he's an excellent, an excellent person as well. Ex- like, absolutely. So I feel like you know he's going to be ready with a kind of a chip on his shoulder. You know He's getting some good preseason ranks, so – I believe this team—they're ready. I think they're all for.
0: A I mean, high game. expectations for this most, team. Most they definitely, they were picked to be the conference USA champions. Yeah, in the in the original poll. So, what are your expectations for this team? Do you see a conference championship, and then if you see that, oh, what do you see in terms of NCAA oh, tournament? Oh, mo-
1: most definitely. I definitely believe that this team has everything and every piece of player to like, you know, to win the conference USA. I'm Bruh. sure there's going to be different teams and different stumbles they they're going to embark on throughout the season, but that's. But that's life. That's right. That's going to be the nature of basketball for. Us. So I'm really excited to look forward to. You know, definitely the matchup against Washington because, like I said, that's a statement game. Western is going to be considered the underdogs, but with that firepower. And, you know, with the excellent coach of Western have, let's, I mean, let's get it. You, you know
0: Stansbury scheduled <laughs> yeah, Stan. games like this for a reason. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't schedule Washington if he didn't think his team couldn't hang with them at all. He's going to yeah. go in there and expect a win.
1: Most definitely. It's not just, oh, we're just, it's not just a money game. Right. Least. It's more of, okay, we're going to show you guys Every that we mean day. business.
0: Absolutely, and one team that's been showing that they mean business in the college football world. The Kentucky Wildcats pulled out a big win against Missouri last Saturday. We're gonna talk more about them and the newly unveiled college football playoff rankings right after this with Casey and Coach O. So you may have heard DJ Webby Webb. Mark Webster was with us. He referred to me as Sweet Tea a few times. That, that's my DJ name on Revolution 91.7. I host a morning show with Natalie Turner, who we do natural selection with. She is left lane on the radio. It must be a morning show. That's on Mondays from 6 to 9 on Revolution 91.7. And Casey, you're a DJ on Revolution 91.7, so I, I got to ask you. What's your DJ name when you're on the air? Uh My DJ name is The Case Meister. The Case Meister. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's that's not bad. I've heard a lot worse than that. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. But I, I do recommend, if you got free time, feel free to tune in to Revolution 91.7 on the radio. We've got other podcasts on Revolution 91.7 as well. We've got the Revolution Solution. That's a, like an advice podcast. We've also got Top of the Week. That is a news podcast bringing you all the news from around the hill that is a a a conjunction between the herald and revolution 917 you like my word there conjunction big old word there those are the words you'll hear from the top of the week podcast and of course you've got the nickel and dime podcast you know i'm a little biased towards it i think it's one of the best things that rev has going for it. what do you think what do you think uh, well
2: you know i think it's it's simply the best cuz it, it has money in it i mean what other <laughs> what other true. podcast has money in it i mean
0: you know we also have ed orgeron So I I think Ah, that gives us a little bit of a boost. Big announcement coming up regarding Coach O later on in this segment. But right now we've got Casey with us. And of course, last week, Coach O let us know you guys are really good friends. You and Coach O, I'm not sure how that came about. I'm not going to question too much into it. I'm sure Coach O was happy, though. The release of the college football playoff rankings, his LSU Tigers came in at number three behind, of course, Alabama at number one. Clemson came in at two, Notre Dame at four, and then Michigan and Georgia, the first two out of the playoff picture. The Kentucky Wildcats came in at number nine, Casey. We talked about this team possibly moving into the top 10 after beating Missouri. Wow, what a game that was. It's a game the Wildcats needed to pull out. They did it in some kind of style. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling about that number nine ranking in the first CFP poll? Man, I I honestly never
2: thought I would see the day that Kentucky would be in the college football playoff rankings, if I'm being completely honest with you. And uh, as I was telling you over the weekend i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with the uh listeners here i i bailed on saturday during that missouri he game. Did. i bailed on that game i was there was about 10 minutes left and uh when gunner hoke was in there and he uh he wasn't getting it done on offense for about the third straight series i i said to heck with it and i uh, i couldn't <laughs> watch another snap and i was like all right it's fine they lost 14 to 3 and I'm, I'm done with this i went upstairs to my dorm room uh About 15 minutes later on my phone, I get a notification. Wildcats 15, Tigers 14, and I was distraught because I had (laughs) given up. The one time I had given up on my team this year, they actually came back and found a way to win, and I was very proud of that.
0: And that's a game that we talked about this a couple of times this year. That's a game that the Wildcats teams of old Do not pull out. Those are games that UK UK historically, especially over about the past decade, they lose that game. But Casey, there's just something there's something about this Wildcats team. I don't know if it's the Gatorade they're drinking. I don't know what Stoops has got into him, but this team just knows how to win. Yeah,
2: they're they're definitely finding ways to get victories. That's the impressive thing. Uh, I really loved what I saw from Terry Wilson at the end of that game. I mean, he was up and down the whole game, but overall, very solid. I mean, he was 22 of 31. Can't ask for much more than that from a quarterback who hasn't been stable all season. He uh, he just really led the team on that last final drive, threw a dime in there to C.J. Conrad to lock the game up, and that's that's really what we needed to see the game before Georgia because that quarterback play is going to come in handy if the Cats want any shot at the Bulldogs Saturday. And we mentioned
0: Georgia coming in at number six in the rankings, so you've got a top ten matchup there. Of course, another top ten matchup in the SEC, a top five matchup on Saturday. Number one Alabama, number three LSU, but. You know, when I look at these rankings and I see Kentucky there at number nine, I initially thought they they jumped to Washington State. That's who I thought they would have leapt right, over to get right. into the top 10. But there's Ohio State sitting there at 10, and that really shocked me. And today before the show, I, I took to Twitter with my thoughts. And for two reasons, it took me until now. One, I, I really had to think about it because that's an Ohio State team that on paper looks really, really good. And oh, yeah. Number two, I always love a free opportunity to plug my Twitter at Tyler Eaton Radio on Twitter and I tweeted this it's already gotten some interaction on it UK fans not too happy with it and I simply said it hasn't settled in for me yet that UK is ranked ahead of Ohio State in the college football playoff rankings one because like you I never really thought it would be something that would happen you're looking at a a college football poll and there is Kentucky ahead of Ohio State and then I pointed out you know I get the strength of record UK I think they've got got the better wins obviously they've got the better loss too to Texas A&M but I pointed out that if you put these two teams on the field right now, I don't know many people that are going to pick against Ohio State in that game. And I'm sure you as a U.K. fan would obviously be rooting for the Cats. But if you look at a team like Missouri, I don't think Ohio State would have had a problem with them.
2: I don't know. Yeah, you're you're probably right about that. I think they definitely could have scored with Missouri. You know, Missouri's biggest strength— is uh, Drew Locke back there. Right. He, he looked very good, even though Kentucky shut him down to just 14 points. I mean, he was very poised in the pocket, made a lot of good throws under pressure. So, I mean, if anything, you know, I'd say that Ohio State could definitely score with him. But, you know, that's the thing about the college football playoff rankings, when they come out early in the season like this. I mean, not early in the season, but, you know, relative to you right. know, what they are finally be. But uh, that's the thing. When they come out, there's a lot of shocking picks that you uh, – A lot of people might not like, uh, fans will like of their team, but, you know, that's the thing about it. We know after this weekend it's going to be all topsy-turvy. So, I mean, I wouldn't play too much into it, honestly, because come next Tuesday it's going to look totally different.
0: And I pointed that out to you about Ohio State and how I think they would end up beating a Missouri team. And it was pointed out to me on Twitter... Look, Missouri beat Purdue and Purdue killed Ohio State. But right. there's you can't really put too much stock into who beats who on yeah. one day. I yeah. made sure to point out look, man, Maryland beat Texas, and then Texas came out and beat Oklahoma. Yeah. And Temple beat Maryland. And now, you know, Maryland just announced they fired DJ Durkin. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. You know, anything can happen, like you said, over the course of the season. Another notable ranking that I, I really want to hear your opinion on, UCF. The quote-unquote reigning national champions crowned uh, by themselves—they come in at number twelve, still hmm. undefeated, and a lot of one-loss teams ahead of them. How do you feel about UCF? I mean, they ended last year at number twelve. How yeah. do you feel about that? Yeah,
2: it's it's just really sad to me to an extent to see season in and season out these uh, mid-major per se hmm. teams getting disrespected because I mean, what can you say if you're undefeated? I mean, college football is college football. You know, it's going to be tough. Week in and week out is, you know, as big as the conferences has gotten. So, I mean, an undefeated team in college football is impressive in any right. way you put it. Because, I mean, there's 12 games only played in the season. So if you can go 12-0, and 13-0 and count in your conference championship, that's so impressive. So, I mean, it just, it kind of hurts me to see some of these mid-major teams not getting the respect they deserve. And I think that's why they eventually got to expand the playoff. Because you're always going to have teams that are left out, especially those mid-major
0: ones. And I think the biggest argument against UCF is that argument that I was using with UK and Ohio State. It's one of those well, if UCF played one of these teams one-on-one, you'd probably pick the other team, but if you look at a team like Washington State there at eight, say they went up against I don't know, number 20 Texas A&M. That would almost be a toss-up game. Oh yeah. And not only that, you look at the team right ahead of UCF, there's Florida with two losses. You're undefeated for the second year in a row and you're stuck behind a two-loss Florida team, but UCF really hasn't played much of anybody, yeah. so there's not too much you can say about that. But the UK, they've, they're they going to play somebody this weekend. That's they've right. got Georgia coming to Lexington, of course. That game will decide the winner of the SEC East, which I don't know if that's something to celebrate or if that's just a punishment waiting to happen. We're right here on Halloween, and I tell you what, if I won the SEC East, I would be spooked out with the possibility of Shoot. playing Alabama. But I'm sure as a UK fan you're already happy with the fact that UK is right there competing for the SEC East title.
2: Man, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I'm still in shock. There was I was just telling one of my good Kentucky football fans the other day uh, that me and him used to play NCAA football 14, <laughs> the last NCAA football game ever put out, and we would stay up late every night and and do dynasties and and lead Kentucky to national championships you know 12 and 0 13 and 0 and it was all just a dream you know right. we never thought it would actually happen and i mean they're not undefeated but here they are with one loss with a shot for the SEC East title and i've been telling everybody been telling you Harrison everybody this is the biggest game in the history yep. of Kentucky football bar none bar none Tyler, i mean If that stadium is not packed and as loud as I have ever heard it Saturday, I will be very disappointed. So Kentucky fans out there, show up, show out, come loud, tailgate, stay late, come early. I mean, do everything you can because this is the biggest game Kentucky has ever had in their program's history.
0: And one thing that's been a theme for UK this season, really not getting the respect that they believe they deserve, We've looked at the spreads for most games and really seen that trend. Georgia favored by nine in this game at Kentucky. And we look at this little ESPN predictor thing, the matchup predictor. It's from the football power index. I'm not sure how that thing works. Georgia, 81% favorite Mm. to win this game. And I think if you were to ask most people, Georgia would be the pick in this game. I don't know about nine points. That's, That's a lot. I would definitely take UK on that. But what do you think the Cats have to do to win this game? Obviously, quarterback quarterback play, I would think, is going to be key for the Wildcats, and the defense is going to have to show up once again.
2: For sure. But, I mean, the thing is, this spread opened up at 12 points, so they've already betted it yeah, down There's some tonight. money coming in on UK. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Nine's more in the right ballpark, I think, uh, maybe seven even. Um, but, you know, the big key for Kentucky in this game is just going to be Terry Wilson, building off of that game he had against Missouri last week. Great final drive, great closeout to that game, and he showed that there is no quarterback controversy needed. He is the guy, but here's the thing. We saw him take a huge step forward against the Gators in that second game of the season, but now we are 9 this will be the ninth game. We're nine games into the season now. And we need to see Terry Wilson closing that gap. He's got to close that gap. He's got to stay consistent. He cannot take one major step forward like he did last weekend and then take two steps back. Right. Absolutely. You can't do that in the SEC if you're going to be an elite team and a contender like we think Kentucky is. He has got to show up. He's got to be clutch. He can't turn the ball over. He's got to be consistent. And all he's got to do is get Benny Snell the ball, be creative, don't turn the ball over, and then just let the defense do its thing. Because I mean, if we've we saw last week against Missouri, defense was locked down, shut down. I mean, they shut Drew locked down for the most part. So, I mean, Terry Wilson, it's it's all on him in the offense. How, however many points they can score, however consistent they can be,
0: that's going to be what the key is to the game. And most weeks, a top-10 matchup to decide the SEC East would be the clear game of the week oh, yeah. in college football. But... A top five matchup going to be taking place down on the Bayou. The Bayou. And when it comes to the, to the Bayou, we've only got one man that we can talk to about it. Coach O is here off of a fresh new contract with the Nickel and Dime podcast. Two bowls of jambalaya for each appearance and a bowl of gumbo for each extra appearance. So we're going to get Coach O in here. Casey, I hope you don't mind Coach O coming in here for a second.
2: Oh no! Like you said earlier, me and him are good friends. Uh, it's it's always good to see him. He he made his rounds up to uh, Kentucky several times and we met, and uh, he's he's just one of those guys that's that's everywhere all the time.
0: And he uh, he met me, and I was I was glad to meet him. Well, Casey, you do get the honor and privilege of being here for the first ever playing the unveiling of Coach O's new theme song here on the Nickel and Dime Podcast. So I'm going to let Coach O take it away as he's ready to roll.
2: I control the whole bayou. He is Harry's Heisman Hopefuls. He is the number one candidate. He should be the only Heisman candidate for the rest of the year. Give him the trophy now, Tyler. That two attacker back back tagger whatever his name is. He's not even in the conversation. Nick Brussett has got it sewn up, Tyler. You better believe it. All five of your Harry's Harry's Heisman hopefuls are gonna be Nick Brussett, Nick Brussette, Nick Brussette, Nick Brussett, and guess who? Nick Brussett. LSU is gonna win every game I say they're gonna win this year. I control the whole value and I control the whole South. I control Alabama next week because we got that victory already mapped out. I am the greatest podcast person in the world, and I make my way onto every podcast that discusses the LSU Tigers.
0: From the heart of Cajun country and the soul of America, it's the man in charge from the Atlantic to the Mississippi. Fresh off a hot bowl of jambalaya, here's the head coach of the Bayou, Ed Orgeron.
2: Thank you thank you thank you 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 all are too kind i'm very honored to be back on this podcast and it's about time tyler i'm getting some respect from you all around here since when did you bring a live studio audience with you Oh, I, I just thought it was about time for us to break this into my official way of doing things around here. I do it big, Tyler. And that's the thing. I'm finally starting to get some respect from you all, and I'm, I'm really digging that.
0: You know, I heard you on Fine Bomb earlier today. So, I mean, that's doing it about as big as you can. I don't know. I don't know which one's bigger, Fine Bomb or the Nickel and Dime Podcast. They're probably neck and neck, if you ask me.
2: Well, I tell you what, you all gave me two bowls of jambalaya
0: for my contract,
2: and that was very, very touching of you all because you all know how much I love yeah, John how, how much did Feinbaum give you, huh? Uh, he he paid me with this green stuff called currency, and, I mean, that that's just not acceptable. See, in the Bayou, we we pay our brethren in food, and that was just very, very impressive on your all's part.
0: Hey, you know, we got to do what we can to keep you around. You're just, the people love you. The people love you. The king of the Bayou. I've heard you Heard you called, but you've got a chance to prove that, you and your LSU Tigers, this weekend, a big matchup with number 1-ranked Alabama. What are your initial thoughts coming into it, coming off a bye week?
2: Well, let me tell you, Tyler, I was telling you last week that I was feeling the utmost confidence, but... I'm going to say something right now. I'm going to go ahead and be a little bit more humble and just say, we're going to beat the living heck out of those Crimson Tide or whatever, elephants, whatever they are. We are going to beat
0: them. That might be the most humble you have ever been on this podcast uh, somehow. Let me me tell you, Tyler, you haven't even heard the beginning of it.
2: Nick Broussett...
0: You know who that is? I, the, I do.
2: The Heisman candidate. Yes, America is going knows. is going to run for one thousand yards on the crimson tide, 1, up and down, up and down that field ten times. You know what we're going to do, Tyler? What? We're we're not even gonna we're not going to take a touchback. We're not going to run that ball out. We're going to make our kick returner kneel it on the one yard line so we can hand it to Nick Brousset every play from the one and let him run from the one yard line all the way down to their end zone until he scores back and forth down the field 10
0: times and runs for 1,000 yards. You you sound pretty confident in your team's chances in this game. But, you know, the people, the odds makers in particular, they're not really feeling it. You guys are favored to lose to this Alabama team by 15 points.
2: That doesn't matter. At home. That that doesn't matter. You know what, Tyler? If, If I played into all those odds and fancy schmancy... Whatever it is, I, you know, I would drive myself crazy. And I just know, I just know, Tyler, I've told you all this before. This is going to be my second week now saying it. I run the whole bayou. And that, that conquers any odds or numbers or whatever fancy stuff that is. Because when you run the whole bayou, people know not to mess with you. And the Crimson Tide, will not be messing with the Tigers this weekend. I repeat, they will not mess with the Tigers. We got that W sewn up, Tyler.
0: I mean, I, I can't help but start to buy in. I've been a doubter of this team all season long, and each time that I've doubted this team, they've proven me wrong. So I think, I, I you know, I might have to take the Tigers in this game against the spread. Good choice. Good. Well, you're getting there. You're getting there, but that that's a wise choice. I don't. Uh, how am I supposed to pick you against Alabama? Well, give me give me a reason.
2: Well, well, let me tell you, Tyler. I've just I've just I've been such a good fan of the Nickel and Dime podcast, and I've came on here week after week and just done good stuff for you all. And I was, you know, like I said, I was very thankful that you gave me the jumbo That was very nice. But the the next step you can take for me is to just pick LSU every week from here on out, and just know that
0: we are going to get the victory because we are. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm going to take them against the spread. I can't take you straight up against Bama. How am I supposed to pick against Alabama? Like I said, they're the number one team in the country for a reason. Granted, you all were ranked number three in the the initial playoff rankings. How do you feel about that?
2: Well, I tell you what. Like I said, I, I don't play too much into those numbers and all those analysts and whatnot. But I was I was impressed to see that we were ranked above Notre Dame. Notre, uh, you know, I just those Fighting Irish. You know, they're they're way too far north for me, right. and that's that's just that wouldn't be right to rank them above a good Bayou South team like like the Tigers. But you know, it, it's okay that we're not getting as much respect right now, but. Hey, fair enough, fair enough, you will see this weekend when we take the Bayou over, when we take the whole state of Alabama over and we beat them into submission, that we will be the number one team in the nation.
0: Well, thank you, thank you, Coach. Oh, I really, I really appreciate you coming on here. You do it every week now. We've got you under contract, and I, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be coming back a lot more often. For you
2: sure. Know, you know, I think if you make the jumble eye anywhere near as good as that jumble eye was that you gave me, you got me on for the whole year, buddy.
0: Just mentioned during our college football segment that we have signed head coach Ed Orgeron for the rest of the season. Coming back now is someone who is technically signed with us for the rest of the season, but doesn't really get any compensation for it. Harrison Valk with Harry's Heisman hopefuls. Are you a little jealous about that, Harrison?
3: I am going to say I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to be able to top this segment because I I think like Ed Orgeron is like the the new star.
0: Last week, I'm sure your Heisman hopefuls offended Coach O a little bit. Five straight to a tug of Lois. Oh
3: yeah, oh yeah. Old Eddie's gonna have to go against him yeah. on Saturday. That's on gonna Saturday. be a, that's gonna yeah. be a yeah. really, gonna really good be good game.
0: game. It's gonna be tough for LSU to stop oh, him. Oh yeah tough for anybody to stop him right now he's clearly the favorite for the Heisman Trophy but is this week the same or do you have some guys maybe just trying to present a solid case for second place at this point I'm gonna mention
3: some guys that I've already mentioned and I also have a little surprise a little surprise a, li- a little surprise yeah okay yeah. so I'm gonna go ahead and mention Tua he had a bye week of course I remember last week I thought that LSU was gonna play them last <laughs> you week. you were excited I was very excited and then I cried because I did not do my <laughs> research correctly or I just missed that and that's not, uh, And then you uh, cried. Yes. But I will go ahead and mention his uh season stats. Two thousand sixty six yards and twenty five passing touchdowns. That's pretty good. That's pretty solid. Good. Very solid. Very solid. He did not play though. How so. many
0: interceptions does he have, by the way? Yeah, he's that's, got none. No no, hold on. Hold none. on. Yeah,
3: no, none. Yeah, I know. None. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, yeah, It's pretty good. It's very impressive. Solid. Very impressive.
3: Very impressive. Very impressive. Next up, oh, this is all quarterbacks, by the wow, way. Wow, that's a shocker. Yeah, this is only four. Yeah, yeah, big shocker, big shocker. Kyler Murray, completing 17 of 22 passes for 289 yards and two touchdowns and ran for another one, all in the first half when they played uh, KSU, Kansas State. Yeah, that's yeah. a toughie. Yeah, very tough. That's, yeah, big very, tough. Yes, <laughs> but uh, season stats-wise, uh, 2,329 yards and 28 passing touchdowns. And they take on Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes' alma mater. Yeah, if they still had Patrick Mahomes. That might be a close that game, one. but they don't, and it's not nope. going to be a close game. Nope. And Patrick Mahomes is doing really well in the NFL right now. Probably going to be MVP. So, yeah. No, if I we guess had Texas-
0: if we had a segment like this with MVP rankings, he would be number one. Oh, for he, you, is right number one. Sure. he is number one. He is number one. I know. I know Casey would argue otherwise. We talked about it. He had Todd Gurley up in there, but yeah. yeah. Next up, Dwayne
3: Haskins, four hundred and seventy yards and two touchdowns against uh, Purdue. Uh, because they had—I believe they had a bye week this yeah. week. Ohio State. Yes. Yeah. They think, really needed it. Yeah, they did. They did. And I don't think I got to mention his stats because last week was just a bunch of Tua. Yeah. A lot of Tua. So those
0: are his stats. <laughs> I don't think he would yeah. want you to mention his stats after that game against no, Purdue anyway. No.
3: No. 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 Well, I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, it's it's still pretty good even though they lost. Yeah. I mean, but, it's not bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's, he was not why they lost yeah, that game. No. 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 Uh, season stats: two thousand eight hundred and one yards and thirty touchdowns. Solid, very solid, yeah. <laughs> solid, yeah. solid. solid I just like to read these and just hear your reaction.
0: It's just crazy to look at everybody's numbers individually, and then you like they look on paper as though they are more impressive than Tua's, mm-hmm. but Tua is clearly the favorite to oh, win the yeah. trophy right now. Oh
3: yeah, oh yeah, but maybe I don't know if you'll reconsider this. But wait until you hear this next guy that I have. Okay. I have the best for last, and this is the surprise. The surprise. The surprise. i th- I hope I'm saying this right. This guy's name is Gardner Minshew quarterback for Washington State University who I think you can and agree that has made quite a name for themselves this year. Yeah, they have
0: they're one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 overall is struggling, mm-hmm. but they've had some big wins and yeah. some dominant wins. They, they made Oregon look pretty bad. Yeah,
3: yeah, they beat Oregon, which is very very impressive. And listen listen to this. He has in the game against when they played Stanford. He had 438 passing yards and three touchdowns. Now, his season stats three thousand one hundred and eighty three passing yards and twenty six touchdowns
0: yeah, you know what i'm i I gotta say this the These stats come with a disclaimer, okay? There's a little waiver on them. Those stats are inflated by Mike leach, okay. There's only so much stock I can put into a guy's stats when he's coming from a Mike Leach offense. Yeah, the stats are the great. Yeah, and yeah. it helps that Washington State is really good. Yes, yeah. but you're not knocking Tua out of my brain at number one. Okay, all okay. those guys right now are in like fourth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They've got no. a lot of. They need Tua to have the worst game of his life against LSU.
3: Yeah, they do. They do. And then it's going to be like either Kyler, Dwayne. Or right now, Gardner. Cause Your these, guy. these these guys are my top four.
0: No right Will now. Greer.
3: No, no Will Greer. Wow. Sorry, I know yeah. that one stings. Yeah, sorry, buddy. No, 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 <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean, this guy has thrown for more passing yards than the other guys. But honestly, I, if you ask me, if you had to ask me today, if you, had, you asked me last week, that's why he was there all the time. Tua would probably be winning. Today. It's Tua's
0: world, right? Tua's now. yes. It's yeah. Tua's world, and I I tell you what, Harrison, we've got Natalie coming up next with natural selection, and right now the show nickel and dime is her world and you'll find out why right after this with a very shocking pick last week on natural selection So Natalie, first things first, I can't even I can't even intro this. I just got to come straight to you with this. How did you know that Kansas was going to beat TCU?
4: <laughs> well, it's it's all very simple, really. Uh, anyone who is well versed in biology should be able to figure it out. That's that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Okay. It's like the birds and the bees, except for it's the birds and the bullfrogs or whatever the heck the other team <laughs> the was The horned called. frogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, same thing. Okay,
0: well, see, I, I really, I really want to see how well-versed you are in biology, so <laughs> oh, this week we're really going to put you to the test. Last week, you somehow predicted that Kansas would win for the first time in 38 games in the month Whoa! of October. Wow. So this week... <laughs> We're not just using any random games. Mm -hmm. I've picked out the five biggest games of the week. Oh, God. And you're going to pick them. So, how are you ready?
4: Let's do this. Okay,
0: first off, the Penn State Nittany Lions. The what? The Penn State Nittany Lions and the Michigan Wolverines. (laughs) You okay over there? What
4: kind of lion is that? Nittany. And you're not going to give me any context.
0: It's just a Nittany Lion.
4: It's a Nittany Lion. If you're
0: well-versed in biology, I figured you would know what a Nittany Lion well, is. It's pretty common. If
4: there's anything I know about lions, it's that they're pack hunters most of the okay. time. So yeah, it's, it's actually
0: just a Pennsylvania mountain lion, so... Oh.
4: Just well, a regular
0: line. Those are actually...
4: Much. If it's a mountain lion, those are usually more solitary.
0: That's... Yeah. That's why I was letting you know.
4: <laughs> that being said, the other guys... What are they? Wolverines? Yeah. Wolverines are extremely aggressive, but they're also pretty small. The biggest thing that the Wolverines are going to have doing for them is that they're like... Their intimidation factor is usually pretty strong. I mean, they are in the mm-hmm. same family as the Honey Badger, so... Basically, I think that the... I think that the Wolverines could psych the other team out, but... If the Lions can work together, then they'll they'll be the winners.
0: So you're taking the Nittany Lions because they work together.
4: If they can work together. If,
0: no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just who wins.
4: Well, listen, if the Lions lose. No, no, stop <laughs>
0: saying if, okay? Who is going to win?
4: Eh. We'll go Lions.
0: Okay. So are you sure? <laughs> yeah, the Nittany so. Lions. Okay. <laughs> Up next, the Georgia Bulldogs versus the Kentucky Wildcats. Those t- two much simpler names
4: very simple and and Kentucky Wildcats is that like, that's like the college team right it,
0: yes these are Let's all see. college teams oh yeah <laughs> uh, spoiler i guess for somehow you have not figured that out yet these are all college <laughs> <Oops>. teams
4: <laughs> man it's like week wow. 6 wow <laughs> Okay. Well (laughs) well I kind of familiar with the Kentucky Wildcats and yeah.
0: How did you not know that Um, these were all college teams? You know half of them have like state in the name.
4: You know, we'll leave that for biology is my field. (laughs) (laughs) So actually it's really not, but um um wildcats versus bulldogs. Uh I think I'm going to go wildcats because I mean it just makes more sense like they got bigger claws and stuff and they're wild and bulldogs are usually trained so they might have inhibitions based on however they grew up and you know like I feel like the wildcats have that natural aggression in their favor.
0: You're really fiddling over there. You're I think you're a little nervous.
4: No, I just The pressure's I'm, on this week. I'm doing Jacob's ladder here with my <laughs> you know the Here's the church. What a steeple! What are you? Next doing? match, please.
0: <laughs> next match. Okay, the next match is <laughs> the Alabama Crimson Tide versus the LSU Tigers.
4: No, I hate Crimson Tide. I hate it. So I'm gonna go with Tigers.
0: That's okay. That's at least that's almost as logical as your last. Year. I just
4: hate those people like, you know, on Facebook and, you know, uh, <laughs> roll tide. And then the people that are like, I hate the red tide. I'm and all that crap. Like, I just want to stay out of it. I'm going to go for the Tigers.
0: Okay. So you've got LSU in that one based mm-hmm. on that one actually had a little bit of logic in there as to why Didn't, you want one though. team to win.
4: Please
0: It's not so much you picking a team It's why you wanted somebody to win
4: Yeah, yeah well, I okay. hope they
0: win This next one The West Virginia Mountaineers Versus the Texas Longhorns
4: Hmm Well, I think Mountaineers are pretty well equipped To be able to take down a Texas Longhorn Okay I mean, in the frontier You need You're to be getting prepared
0: getting more logical as we go <laughs> along
4: You need to be prepared to take on any wild beast That affronts you and your people So I'm going to go Mountaineers
0: Okay, okay So, so far, we've had the Nittany Lions, I think, and then the Wildcats, the Tigers, and the Mountaineers. And now it's time for the biggest game, maybe, of the season. So you better better be on your A-game for this one. The Appalachian State Mountaineers. Another set of Mountaineers.
4: Oh, man. Versus
0: the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers.
4: Yo, my God. Wow. They're back. They're from the same area, too, you know?
0: It's the biggest game. It might be the biggest game of the century.
4: Of the century. Honestly, yeah. You know, at first I was like, they're from Appalachia, so I'm going to root for them because, hell yeah, Appalachia. But then I was like, Chanticleers, of all the people I need to root for, that's them. You've had some
0: pretty bad luck, regardless of if you pick them to win or lose. Yeah. So this this has been your Achilles heel.
4: Let me tap into the freaking Oracle since we're getting all Greek (laughs) up in this piece so (laughs) um so this goes
0: beyond biology does
4: anyone have some fumes for me to inhale so yeah we actually
0: just sprayed a good bit of fume in here i believe
4: the chanticleers are gonna win
0: really Mm -hmm. are you confident
4: i feel good about it and if not then i'll be stricken by zeus's wrath (laughs) this
0: this week is this is the test Mm -hmm. this is the test so i hope last week i wished you that you would be at least four and one and i said that with a smidgen of some animosity. I was like, she's picking Kansas? How dare she? And then she got it right. So this week, I genuinely hope that you get it right and finally prove yourself as the best picker in all of the land.
4: And if not, then I will pay tribute to whatever Greek god I offended.
0: Casey Warner back with us. We're going to talk about the NFL. We usually start off by talking about the Titans, but they were on a bye week last week, so there's not too much we can say. But we can look forward to this upcoming Monday night matchup for the Titans against the Dallas Cowboys. Casey, the Titans so far, they've had a really up-and-down season. I think the bye week came at a really good time for them. This game on Monday presents a really good opportunity for them to just try to get and sustain Some momentum heading into the back half of the season.
2: Right, right. I really think they got a good opportunity in this game. I mean, you got a Cowboys team who offensively hasn't been exactly the strongest all season. You got Amari Cooper coming in there, so everybody's going to be keying on him for sure. So I feel like if they can at least do a decent job of shutting him down, he may not have a big impact in his first game there. But I think the big key for the Titans is getting their offense going, first of all, because they definitely have not looked good the last few weeks.
0: And I think the worst thing that happened for the Titans this past week was not only the fact that they didn't make any moves at the deadlines, they didn't make any, they didn't get any of those big-name receivers like an Amari Cooper, like a Demarius Thomas mm. headed to the Houston Texans, the team that you already thought was the favorite in the AFC South, A lot of people jumping on that bandwagon now. Houston picked up a big Thursday night win over Miami. And with the way that Jacksonville has played, they just lost another game to Philadelphia. Indianapolis, they're starting to put together a little bit of momentum. They've got Andrew Luck playing healthy. He looks really good. But at this point, it is hard for me to disagree with you in the fact that the Texans have to be the favorites in the AFC South right now.
2: Yeah, I'd say they definitely do. I mean, offense looking really like there's no weaknesses. They've yeah. gotten Lamar Miller going the past few weeks in the running game. Deshaun Watson looking back to form like he did in his five games that he played last year. Uh, like I said, probably a top 10, maybe even top five offense in the league at this point when they're firing all cylinders. I'd say Demarius Thomas will only add to that. Uh, their defenses look great all season. So I think at this point, it really just comes down to execution. Uh, like I was telling you, I think last week, their schedule was pretty favorable the last half of the year, so yep. I'd, I'd say they got quite a few wins still left on the schedule, and it's it's their division to lose at this point. And they
0: got a two-game lead now in that division. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville yep. at three and five, Indianapolis at three and five as well. The Titans, I guess, have a by-default upper hand at 3-4. and Right. And that matchup, I think, against Dallas is very winnable for Tennessee. That Dallas offense, like you said, it hasn't been anything special so far this year. Amari Cooper could change that. He's that kind of player. Right. But I think this is a game that the Titans can certainly win, and I think it's going to be a game where Marcus Mariota needs to come out and play really good football.
2: Oh, he definitely has to rebound. I mean, he, he showed at least a little bit of promise in his first few seasons in the league, and this year we just haven't seen that. He has battled through some injuries, but, I mean, this is a game where he has the opportunity to show out against a Cowboys defense that's not exactly one of the top in the league. So, I mean, if they want to get this offense going, this is a great week to rebound coming off the bye week. Uh, Get Corey Davis involved, get Taewon Taylor involved, and just dump it off to Deion Lewis and uh, get that offense going. I mean, really good opportunity this week. So I think Mariota has got to get the offense going if the Titans are going to do anything the rest of the season.
0: It's going to be a big opportunity for the Titans to at least try to send some kind of statement to the rest of the division that they're still going to be there and compete with Houston. A lot of teams coming up in week nine of the NFL regular season. I still cannot believe how fast Uh, it's flying by. It's crazy. Already up to week nine. A lot of teams, though, are going to have opportunities to send some statements uh, one of the early games on Sunday, Pittsburgh going to Baltimore. That's always a oh, great yeah. game. Great robbery. uh, Tampa Bay, Fitzmagic is apparently back, That's I guess. Right. I, hey, I knew it. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to say it. But that team is just better with him out there. He is, hey, yeah. I, I don't know if it's – let me say this. I don't know if it's because they're better with him out there or because they are just by default worse when Jameis Winston is out there. Yeah, I mean, Winston just makes too many mistakes, and he showed that last week. So I think he's fine. just a glorified Blake Bortles at this point, oh, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, right. I hate to say it. I like Jameis coming out of college. I thought he was better than Marcus Mariota, which I guess up to this point it's been kind of even in all the wrong ways. Yeah, yeah. But I think that team is better off with Fitzpatrick starting. Some other games, though. Detroit goes to Minnesota. The Vikings. That Saints game was a pretty good one. It was, it was. a back-and-forth affair, but Minnesota obviously has some issues that they need to fix. That Detroit game going to be a really good opportunity to see where they're really at. The Washington Redskins, 5-2 and two now starting to run away with the NFC East. They host Atlanta. Houston retooled now. They've got Demarius Thomas, and it's great because they go to Denver. How oh, about yeah. that? You yeah. get traded that's from Denver great. to Houston and in the first game. That's who you're playing yeah, against. I'm that's, sure that's he'll come exciting. out with a little bit of motivation.
2: I'd say so. I mean, when you're playing against your former team, it's always nice. We saw Sam Shields had a pretty good week yep. against the Packers this week, so uh, impressed there.
0: And uh, speaking of that Packers game, of course, the Packers and the Rams played the Rams with another Really tough test, this time going down to New Orleans, going to oh, play yeah. Drew Brees in the Dome. That's going to be a fantastic matchup. You've got an 8-0 Rams team against a 6-1 and Saints squad. I know you want to dig into that one a little oh, bit yeah. more, of course. That Saints offense is no joke. No. And the Rams defense did show a little, it showed some cracks against that Packers offense. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and there of are some course. plays that only A-Rod can make. But there are some things that the Rams are going to have to shore up if they want to go in and make sure that they're going to beat New Orleans.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And it really starts with the secondary. I mean, just, just like we all heard today, they got Dante Fowler in a trade. That's so, I huge. Mean, that's, that's huge for the defensive line. We already knew they could get pressure there with Sue, Donald, and Brockers. But, I mean, now that you got a good exterior – pass pass rusher. I mean that's that shows that that's going to be really good for them in the end and I think that's really going to improve the pressure which is going to take a lot of pressure off the DBs. So I think if we can see Marcus Peters improve, Sam Shields and then get a key to lead back, then that defense is really going to improve once the pass
0: the uh pass coverage improves. And of course the Rams, they just keep on winning. It's still I think at this point you would probably say them and the Chiefs oh, are yeah. the likely Super Bowl matchup. Sure. I think the AFC is a bit closer right now which was yeah, not what so. people expected coming into the year. It's kind of the NFC was the one that was top-heavy, had a lot of teams that could be there at the end, but right now it just seems like to be the Rams and nobody else. And I think the thing that separates the Rams, and we can talk more about this, is even though they're really young, you look at a quarterback like Jared Goff in his third season now, you got some young wide receivers around him. It's a young and feisty defense. Oh, yeah. They've got that perfect blend of veterans in there to they where really they, do. Just, they just know how to come out and win. They really do. I
2: mean, they even got some young guys that are starting to show out. Josh Reynolds had two touchdowns yeah. against the Packers the other day. So that was really big. And uh, if you can get those young guys playing up to top form by the end of the season, that's all you can ask for, man. We know the stars on defense, the veterans that they signed are going to show out and they've already s- showed that. So, I mean, if they can get these young guys going, get Dante Fowler in there and get him going. I mean, that defense really has no holes and we, we know the offense really doesn't have any holes. So, at this point, if they can just keep doing what they're doing and stay healthy, it's all about execution at this point, man.
0: And coming off that win against Green Bay, Green Bay now goes to New England for Sunday night football. The Packers now three three and one on the season. If they drop that matchup, they're under five hundred. And you've got Detroit sitting there, they're three and four. The Vikings, of course, they haven't met expectations so far this season. They're four three and one. And then Chicago's right there at four and three. So who is your favorite right now to come out of the NFC North? It was not projected Mm. to be that tight of a division. You really thought it would be Minnesota, Green Bay, and then everybody else. But right now, it seems to be completely up in the air. Uh, I mean,
2: up in the air, to say the
0: least. Uh, I'm just going to
2: have to go at this point. I'm going to ride the Bears' coattails a little bit right now. I think they're a pretty solid team, and I think we we know that defense with Khalil Mack is going to be solid. So, I mean... If, if they can just keep doing what they're doing on offense and uh, come up with some big division wins in the second half of the season, I think it, it could be their division to lose, honestly.
0: And I, I think Green Bay has noticed that. We've seen them oh, yeah. make... A lot of moves all of a sudden. Of course, there was the play with Ty Montgomery in the Rams game where he took the ball out of the end zone instead of taking a knee, which I mean, obviously you can fault him for doing that because you want to try to put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Right. But at the same time, he's a playmaker. He wants to make oh, a yeah. play. And there's been a lot of stuff going around on Twitter. People sending the dude death threats. I yeah, mean it's, it's just a football play. A fumble is a fumble. Yeah. You can't I mean Packers people fans. on Twitter are crazy. Oh, Twitter yeah. is both it's it's great, <laughs> but it is the most toxic place yeah. on this. Earth by far, and the Packers—they trade him. He's gone, and they also traded Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Dix, which I really—I don't know about that one. He seemed to be one of the best players on that defense, specifically in their secondary. And is that just the effect of playing the Rams, or do you think this team is just desperate to try to shake something up to kickstart themselves into gear?
2: Uh, I just think at this point they're kind of realizing they're not the contender they thought they'd be. So I think they're going to get rid of not some of the main pieces, but Mm -hmm. a few of the major pieces that they thought would contribute a little bit more and get some draft picks for them. I mean, you might as well stock up for the future. If you know, you're not going to be a contender right now, this season, it's good to go ahead and get those draft picks. So I think that's basically what they did there. And, uh, I'd say the Redskins are really going to benefit from trading for Ha Ha Clinton Dix because they're a contender. They've shown, and they just added another piece to that defense that's going to be solid. So I really can't blame the Packers in the spot they're in right
0: now. And speaking of contenders, there's a team this year has really flown under the radar. There's the Redskins. There we talked about them at five and two. I think we would probably mutually agree that they're not at contender status. I don't think I don't think you'd pick them to make it to the conference championship or anything at this point but a team that a team that i think you could at least debate it a little bit and they've really flown under the radar because of how good the saints are in that south division the carolina panthers oh yeah all of a sudden they're sitting at five and two a win over the baltimore ravens that was the top defense in the nfl baltimore comes to charlotte and carolina hangs a 36 piece on it what do you think about this Panthers team?
2: Uh, I think Ron Rivera is a great coach. He's shown that in his time at the Panthers that he just wins season in and season out. They may have underachieved, you know, a little bit when they've had Cam Newton. But for the most part, you know the Panthers are going to have a solid defense with Ron Rivera coaching them. I mean, Cam Newton's made plenty of plays this year, and they got all the pieces they need on offense. If they can get Funches and Olsen staying consistent like they have the last couple weeks— I mean, I think they can really compete with the Saints, honestly. So, I mean, at this point, I think they're a strong wild card contender. But mm-hmm. if they keep rolling, they can compete with the Saints as long as they uh, beat them later in the season.
0: And, of course, the big thing right now is who can compete with the Rams. We know in the oh, AFC yeah. it seems to be a two-team sure. race between right. the Chiefs and the Patriots, and it seems all but a lock right now that those two teams will meet the championship game. The Steelers seem to – see—they see, they got something rolling. They're building, yeah. James Conner continues to look excellent in his role. Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if he'll be back this season. I think there's a deadline that no. he has to meet. I don't know if it's week eleven or week twelve or something yeah. that he has to be back by. It's not looking like he's mm, coming back. I don't so think so. I think that I think they'll be okay without him. James Conner has been so. excellent. Oh yeah. But when we go back to the NFC, of course, you mentioned the Saints. We've talked about the Vikings and some other teams. Who right now do you think poses the biggest threat to the Rams in the NFC? Shoot, that's that's a tough
2: question <laughs> right there. I think uh you gotta say the Saints really, I mean Like like we're talking about, this game Sunday is going to show that. We're really going to see where the Rams are as far as contending for the NFC title because this game is going to show a tough road test in the Dome. You're going to play probably the second-best offense in the NFC with Drew Brees at the helm of the Saints. So you know they're going to put points on the board. The question is, can the Rams put points on the board with them and stop them in the end to get a victory? Because I'd say that over under is going to be well into the seventies, seventies, yeah. maybe even eighties. So yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see a high scoring, high flying game, and that's that's going to attract a lot of attention. So I'd say you know that's going to show who the top dog right now is in the NFC. But at this point, you definitely got to give it to the Saints. Two solid running backs, a solid core receivers, and Drew Brees, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. So how can you not say the Saints are right there with
0: them? So ultimately, what's your prediction for that game? Uh,
2: I know what your heart says. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, uh, realistically, I'm going to say the Rams lose by a field goal. Okay. And I will say that just because I think, I think the Rams are in a spot right now where they kind of... They're getting some close wins, and I mm-hmm. think sometimes those close wins could turn into close losses if you play a team that's well coached, like the Saints. So I think Sean Payton may come in there with it with a good game plan as he should against the 8 0 Rams. Obviously, so I think maybe it, maybe this one's a close loss for the Rams. Ah. I really don't want to say that, but if I had to say anything, maybe maybe just a field goal loss. I'll I'll, I'll come down to earth a little bit on that one. And
0: I, I will say, I think the win over Green Bay, regardless of the conditions of how it happened, I think that was a really big confidence booster. If this Rams oh, yeah. team didn't have enough confidence to get a close win over an Aaron Rodgers-led team, I think that really helped. This is when those games pay off. You want close games heading That's into right. the playoffs because oh, yeah. no matter how good they are right now, we know Golf is young. There are a lot of young guys on this team McVeigh really doesn't have that playoff experience yet. He doesn't right. have that winning in the playoff experience yet, in particular. But that's going to be one heck of a game this it week. It is. Can't and wait. I'm not. I'm not even going to ask you to give me another one because that's clearly, I think, sure. the game of the week. Harrison's fantasy team did not do that bad sure. this week, but you'll find not too out. too bad at all. You'll find out why he didn't do quite well enough right after this. But Casey, thanks so much for joining us again this week. Always my pleasure. now Harrison is back not just to talk about the trade but he's really got something he's got to let off his chest about his fantasy team this past week you want to know how
3: many points that I lost by and the reason of why I'm four and four right now instead of I was four and two yeah what, first, what happened I'm, I lost by point one. Point one. not one point not a whole point no no not a half a point point point. Point one what Actually, happened I don't know, but I saw that and I was like, are you, yeah, man. I have never seen you, you just really hurt about this. You're hurt. I am hurt, I am hurt. I was. I was so, so close. So the guy that I went up against, I only needed like an uh, like a player just to average like two more yards. Kenny Galladay had one catch for twelve yards. Yeah, definitely putting him on the bench. No, no, I can't put him on the bench. You know why? Because three of my players on my <laughs> roster right now have bye weeks. The Cardinals, the Patriots not the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Bengals, and the Eagles. They all have bye weeks next
0: week. You oh, wh- you could have started Wendell Smallwood. I wish I started Wendell Smallwood, man. He scored fourteen point six on your <laughs> bench. That's more than both your running backs had.
3: Oh yes. Yeah. And then two of my running backs didn't one well, one running back didn't do anything, and then another wide receiver had a bye week, so that didn't help a whole lot.
0: Yeah, and your tight end, Ricky Sills Jones, had a solid three point two. Yeah. That's yeah.
3: Only those two receptions for twelve yards. That was a very boring game too.
0: Well his the guy that you played, his team didn't do that great. He has all the Saints players, and by all the Saints players, I mean he has Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas, and Breeze didn't play he had very Adam Thielen
3: well. too. He had Adam. Yeah, Thielen. And I'm,
0: I'm remembering that Thielen had that touchdown at the last second of that game, and I think that's what got you. Yeah, it is. It's definitely Adam Thielen. I'm what pretty sure me. single-handedly beat you.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh I mean, gosh. I saw that play on like SportsCenter and everything, and then I look at my phone. It was not a good weekend. You it, know, no, You know, no, if no, it no, makes no. you
0: feel better, I won by about 30. Oh, good for you. Does that make for you for feel you. better? Yeah. No. Todd Gurley scored 33 and a half for me. Yeah, that's because I gave you Todd Gurley. We made I a accept- trade. I accepted the trade. Yes how's that been? you, you yeah, gave okay. me a, you actually gave me a fair trade I did okay it's just yes. the players that you got uh they underperformed a little bit but I, I'll I'll say this though okay if you would have started Josh Gordon instead of Kenny Galladay, you would have won and I gave you Josh Gordon okay all of yeah. this would have been averted if you just yeah. started Josh Gordon
3: yeah so you're saying I should start Josh Gordon I'm I'm just saying you
0: would have won <laughs> if you did
3: yeah yeah I definitely need to do some rearranging because four of my players have bye weeks next week and it's not going to be an easy week.
0: I, I know that loss has us. We're both tied for second in our division right now. We're, we we're really? both a game back. We are each four and four. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tight coming down the stretch. Yeah, it hey, is. Hey, it the is. schedule, I, I can tell you this. We play in the last week of the season you and me yeah Ooh. that game could be big time
3: yeah good yeah I- good. i'm looking forward to yeah
0: they say they have the biggest g- they have the best games they say the best for last anyway speaking of saving the best for last that's what we always try to do what not to watch for coming up to end the show this week Usually the what not to watch for every week is some kind of hot take, something that might be a little controversial. But this week, my hot take could be considered a bit of a mild one, a lukewarm take, because it's me expecting the norm to continue. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people have an opinion that there's going to be a new wave coming up in the SEC. But I'm telling you this, don't expect anything to change this Saturday. The Cats are coming for the Bulldogs as Georgia comes up to Lexington. I just don't see it in this one. I think Georgia pulls out the win, and then you've got the Tigers and the Crimson Tide down on the bayou. Let me tell you something, brother. I don't expect it to happen. There's a reason that the Tide is a 15-point favorite. A 15-point favorite on the road at the number three team in the country. Roll Tide, roll to a tug of Iloa gets the job done. Once again, Alabama wins, Georgia wins. As much as I would love to see things shaken up in the SEC, this week is not the week for it to happen. But I can tell you what will be happening next week, the 10th episode of the Nickel and Dime podcast. Thank you so much for sticking along with us on this journey. We're nowhere near finished yet. But we've come a long way from where we started, and no matter how we start the episode, we always end it the same way, so as Michael Scott would let you know, we'll catch you on the flippity-flip.
4: on the
3: wait flip <laughs>